I wanted to thank Val for his time there. It was a really insightful discussion, into, especially into the National Second Division uh, program there, Nathan. It was fascinating to hear what's been what's playing out, and scary to think that we're about you know we're less than twelve months away from the National Second Division being established and still costings uh, unresolved. Um, you know a bid which with not a great amount of detail uh but football south australia just happened to catch my eye you know uh, 24 hours ago and and we ha- you know happened to ask val just the question innocently and you know look what's come out of it yeah what more did you questions make? and answers yeah exactly <laughs> i was just going to say it leaves us with more questions and answers and what did you make of it all yeah i think that's very strange that football sa bid for a second division club that screams to me the same problems that we saw and the same feelings that would happen when some of the other clubs came in and now touched on it. And it's hard to disagree that when you have an other club come in and jump the queue, so to speak, of the old NSL clubs back in 2005, then you're repeating that same sort of feeling now that why would the Football SA bid come into the second division and not an established NPL team? It it seems strange to me. It seems like a move from 20 years ago. I wouldn't have a problem if it was a merger between two South Australia clubs to actually form an entity if they've costed it properly and, and they've then gone, put a business plan together, put their submission, then applied for a license and created a new entity out of those two clubs, right? Because like Val mentioned as well, that the, the club should Adelaide City be selected. They won't be able to compete in the NPL. For all intent, you know, for all intents and purposes, if we're running a proper league, home and away, fourteen teams, twelve teams, sixteen teams, whatever it is, right? So, I have no problem with two clubs coming together and deciding, okay, well, we're going to merge, but those t- and form a separate entity. But those clubs then actually, similar to you know, uh, you know, other sports where those clubs might you know use their parent clubs, as it were as feeder clubs to feed this merged entity, right? I have no problem with a new club being established that way. What troubles me with regards to this, based on what Val said and and the actual word, like, you know, the actual appearance of, the you know, on the list is Football South Australia. So has Football South Australia actually applied for a licence here? And are they able, and they have by the sounds of things, and what are they going to do with that licence? Are they going to then, you know, say to clubs, are they going to subcontract this license out? I mean, there's a, it raises a lot more questions than than, uh, than answers. And yeah, I just don't know which way to go here with this. It's it's all supposition and hypothetical, really. But I think there needs to be a bit of clarity around this particular bid. And I think Football South Australia, and I actually went on the website today to see if they actually had something on it, and they don't. So there needs to be a bit of clarity on it. You could extend that. Uh, requirement for clarity through for a lot of things with this national second division in terms of how many teams, how it's going to work, if there's mm. going to be some sort of conferencing format, mm. to save on airfare, that's anything of that nature. Sure. It seems, even though we're only a year away from it kicking off, we're still in the dark on so many essential parts of this competition, how it's actually mm. going to work. Mm. And I think, yes, it's great seeing it unfold and it's great seeing some things come out here and there, like the 32 and now the 26 clubs that are interested mm. and then all the subsequent phases that are still to come. But there's got to be a bit more press done, I think, from Football Australia in terms of how this is actually going to work, who are the bids, who are the teams. 
a lot of them answer that question themselves. But there's also, with the Sutherland Sharks, Cronulla Sharks bid, Mm -hmm. everyone's assuming it's some sort of connection between the established NPL1 club in New South Wales and the rugby league team. There's no confirmation of that. Everyone's sort of put two and two together. Maybe everyone's come out with five, and it's something different, that, something that we're not really assuming. Yeah, no, look, that's a good point. And ultimately, Football Australia knows what the position of every bid is. Like I said, I just f- find it concerning that a football federation, a member federation, who has a vote on the board right, of Football Australia actually has submitted a bid. I just find that really bizarre. But, yeah, the other. what was your other takeaway? Did you have another takeaway from the uh, time with Val? Because that was a, a really insightful chat. It was, and I'm glad we touched on the football media landscape as well. Mm. Val, having worked in the in the game for so long, mm. and really, it's echoing a lot of things that uh, have been coming up in the circles in the last week or so, is that there is a, a limited exposure for the Women's World Cup. What yeah. are we, 80, 70-something days away? 70 days away as we record, yeah. 10 weeks. And, yeah, 10 weeks. And, and, it'll, and really, it'll be here. And, and forget the days. We should be talking about weeks now. It's only 10 weeks away, right? Val's, and that's why I was curious to see what the reception's been like and the coverage has been like in Adelaide, right? Seeing that it's a host city and it's a, you know, there are football lovers in Adelaide. It's a football town. I mean, look at the stadium that, you know, they've got down there, right? Adelaide City is a historic club, right? It used to play out of the old high marsh. And look what high, the old high marsh has turned into. Coop Stadium, it's a beautiful boutique stadium. I can't wait to get down there one day. Absolutely. Right? And it's, for, for mine, it's right up there with the the best stadium in the A-League when you consider mm. things like most appropriate. Mm. It, it's a it's a fantastic venue. And I'm in that same boat. I can't wait to get down yeah. there. Yeah. And the Women's World Cup games, you know, look, they'll look great out of there. They'll be, you know, they'll be fantastic on TV. Like for us consuming the product, right? But from a and, and we're looking at it from a you know business a sports business perspective as well, and it's all, they're all related. All these things tie into the sports business, right? And and the business of football. The lack of media attention that we've seen here, or promotion rather, with the Women's World Cup, we still have no idea what we're in for. We really don't. And I think we're actually underselling it. We shouldn't be underselling it for the sake that we hope we're getting it wrong. Look at the strength in the volume of ticket sales, right? For goodness sakes, you know, back our, back our sport, back the sport, right? The sport sells itself. Yes, you need really good administrators to, you know, to administer it. And, then, you know, that goes without question. But did you ever think in your wildest dreams that you would actually have 83,000 at the opening World Cup women's game, Australia versus Ireland. I no, never thought I'd say the day. Ireland, obviously and, not a, a powerhouse yeah. in women's football, men's for that matter, but mm. they're not a household name when it comes to football. And yes, a home World Cup, you'd expect a big turnout, but to have a full house. It's a full and house. not only is it a full house, the tickets went immediately. Yeah. They didn't hang around. There wasn't like an extended period where they'll come on they were doing a marketing roundup. Come on, Correct. guys, go yeah. and get some tickets. They went instantly. Yeah, and they're not being heavily discounted. They're at full, you know, they're at full fare, right? Full weight. The response to the ticket sales has been phenomenal. So, what? Just because it's been phenomenal, we're not going to promote it. We're not going to actually like. This is the time to blow the, the game's horns here and sprout it. You know, if this is the largest women's sporting event in the world. And there has been, and I'm 
I'm sounding like a broken record because I think I've said it the last two episodes. There's only been some television ads that have just kicked off, right? That have been commissioned by FIFA or whatever the case is. Not the Optus Sport created content, right? Optus Sport have been creating their own content for over a year and full credit to them, right? Nothing on seven who are supposed to be the, you know, the, the broadcaster for the people that travel here to Australia. They should be getting on top of the sport, not Channel 7, because there's nothing on Channel 7 about it, right? There are no billboards. There are no electronic light displays. There is absolutely nothing, right? So, um, yes, we're being critical, but I think quite rightly, there's 10 weeks to go. Where is the hype that's actually being generated? You know what? We're going to have our, our, our state of origin shut down our throats here on the Eastern Seaboard very soon, right? It's already started. Okay. Mate, I could care less. I could care less. I'm more concerned about Sam Kerr's welfare right? <laughs> than what I am yes. with, with Troll Mitchell, right? So, <laughs> and nothing against anyone, right? But <laughs> come on, this is, and it, it is, Australia's realistic opportunity to actually win a World Cup in football, right? We're not saying that we're going to win it, but it is a chance. You're the host nation. There is pressure. No doubt, but you've also got a chance to actually, you know, most host nations do pretty well. Bar Qatar and South Africa, South Africa, and anyone like that's about it, really. right? <laughs> but but even if this World Cup wasn't on home soil, I'd probably expect the Tillies to get to the last eight. I think where they are at the moment, absolutely. And tackle absolutely. on home advantage, semi final, semi final should be expectation. Semi final, yes, yeah. there's a lot of pressure. Yes. Mm. It's not something that they're going to be overly used to in in the sense of the volume of pressure that's going to be on them mid-tournament. If they are doing quite well in the group, if they manage to win the group, perhaps get past the round of 16, the amount of pressure that's going to be on the team is, is something that I don't think the girls are, are used to at all. But that's also a real chance for them to go and use that and make a groundswell support and go and actually take the whole thing out. It's possible. Look, they're not favourites. As I say, I think semi-finals is going to be a roundabout expectation. But once you get in a semi-final, anything can happen. No, very true. Very true. And and anything will happen once you're in a semi-final. Um, yeah, I just hope that really that we that people start promoting this event because it's a world, you know, it's the largest women's sporting event, and we're not making enough of it. I don't think as a game. And well, this is what we feared, and we've said this before that we're in. People just don't know what to expect. But if you don't actually go and create a bit of excitement and buzz around it, right? And everybody that's interested, like we're talking about actually reaching the game beyond football people, right? They should People should be getting sick of the game being, of the sport and the event being promoted, right? Yeah, it, yeah they should be. Okay. That's the level of expectation that's yeah. there, right? <laughs> people should be getting sick of going, oh, not another FIFA Women's World Cup ad. Yes, another bloody FIFA Women's World Cup ad. Seriously. <laughs> yep. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. They should be on every night on the commercial networks. It should be relentless. And it should be in schools. It should be everywhere. It probably goes back you know? to our discussion last week that the commercial networks have their own interests in other codes and... Mm. It, it ties into that discussion because Mate. you mentioned State of Origin. That's going to be the focus for Channel 9, probably 7 as well. Yeah, I don't want AFL at my daughter's school. I want Football Australia at my daughter's school actually saying, hey, we've got the Women's World Cup here in 10 weeks. Get yourself, a, get your parents and get a ticket. 
here's a, here's a clinic, right? Get your local club involved. I don't care how you do it. That's what needs to be done, right? There needs to be tie-ins with either local clubs going to local schools or whatever the case is, right? I don't want to see another flyer. I've already had three. I don't want to see another flyer from AFL, with all due respect to them, right, about their product I and their sport. My daughter's a football player, right? She's not an Aussie rules player. I want her to have a message saying, hey, you know, guess what, Dad? Have we got our tickets for the Women's World Cup yet? She knows she has, but that's beside that's the kind of message that needs to be communicated, right? And we had a sock, you know, we we had we did football at PE today, right? They talked to us about the Women's World Cup. It should be ad infinitum. It really should. We're not making enough of it. And we're wondering why we lose people to the other codes in this country, why football's always on the back burner, why it does take a back seat to the AFL, the NRL, maybe not super rugby, but really it's it's the same old question, the same old debate, the same old same old happenings in Australian football yeah. that not enough attention is paid to it. Yeah, thank you, wrong. I'll watch State of Origin. I'll know it's on, right? I'll watch. I'll get get around to watching it, right? But it's. I'm not saying that it's like other sports, but this is the time we need to be spruiking our sport. This is the time. When are you going to do it if you're not going to do it now? Mm. You know what I mean? When are you going to do it if you're not going to do it now? So we're not going to do it at all, are we? We're going to do it. The morning after Origin three, <laughs> that'll be in July. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> the World Cup, Women's World Cup will kick off a week after that. Basic. Yep. You know, uh, it'll be like the A League seasons in years gone by. Monday oh, after the grand final. Yeah, A <laughs> <Hey>, League time. <laughs> God. Anyway, uh, newsflash: Asian mm. Cup groups have the Asian Cup draw has just taken place whilst we're recording. Australia's in Group B, the Socceroos: Australia, Uzbekistan, Syria, and India. I'll go through the groups just quickly. Group A, Qatar, the hosts, China, Tajikistan, Lebanon. Group B, we've just mentioned Australia, Uzbekistan, Syria, and India. Group C, Iran, UAE, Hong Kong, and Palestine. Group D, Japan, Indonesia, Iraq, Vietnam. Group E, Korea, Malaysia, Jordan, Bahrain. And Group F, Saudi Arabia, Thailand, Kyrgyz, Republic, and Oman. Just looking through those groups, Laz, mm. I think Syria are the hardest hot three team that we could have got. I think you're right. Oh, Iraq would always pose a problem mm. to us as well. Yeah, the six or one half a dozen the other. Yeah, yeah. So, so Syria and easy. as as far as a, a group stage draw goes for the Asian Cup, I think that's pretty difficult. Yeah, although look, a, a pot two team would a, a pot two team could have posed some difficulty as well if we had a UAE, right? So I look, I'm happy with the group. My initial gut reaction is that I'm I'm happy with the group. Uh, yeah, at least it's not Jordan. Yeah, I, I think Australia could, you know, uh, we just need to see what the crossovers are like, obviously, with regards to the um, round of 16. But uh, it looks, um, yeah, it look, I think it'll look okay. I mean, you would assume that Australia will should finish first and I would say that China would probably be second. So, you know, if that's the, the way that it crosses over. You mean Uzbekistan? Um, oh, sorry, right. No, like you. in Group A. Yeah, yeah, I get you. Yeah, so... Yeah, I think uh, um, there's again semi-finals. So there's going to be something funny with the yeah. um yeah, that's right. Some thirds will go through. Yeah, correct. So semi-finals would be um you know semi-finals. Are, I think the expectation there have to finish in the top four at the Asian Cup. I think so as well. Mm. A lot of it's going to come down to injury and where the likes of Harry Sutar are at in terms of his performances come January. Mm. But from here. We are a long way out from the game, so actually starting. Yeah, that's it. I agree months. with you. 
So uh, semi-finals. Yeah. Maybe even a bit higher should be expectation. Eight months away. Oh, look, I think semi-finals because anything can happen in a semi-final. I mean, you know, Real Madrid should have knocked over Manchester City yesterday. <laughs> you know, but hey, maybe we'll come know. on to that leg two. Yeah, we'll see what happens in the second leg at the Etihad. But um, and um, yeah, we had uh, the first edition of the uh, Milanese derby of this uh, year's semi-finals, which uh, Inter accounted for AC Milan very easily. Yeah, a, bit, bit a lot easier there. than I thought. And Same. Napoli died for this. Yeah, yeah. Pretty On the Champions League front, yes. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, enter uh, yeah, in the box seat. So Absolutely, but uh, just the case of turning things around and going mm. again, essentially. Obviously, it'll be at the same stadium. That's right. Um, oh, geez, given... big, it would be good to be there, though. Like, oh, to, to have been there yeah. this week for that Champions League semi-final draw, Inter Milan and then versus AC Milan, and then the reverse fixture in at both games at the San Siro. Poof. Just would have been a great week, you know. Get there, you know. Get there uh, last night, Wednesday night, you know, or Tuesday night. Go through Wednesday, and then they're, what? And they're um, playing Tuesday in Europe, so it'll be Wednesday morning our time. So, yeah, it'll be uh, really good, really good. But um, what caught your eye this week, my friend? A uh, couple of things, mm-hmm. uh, a few small things. Uh, but we're talking about Asian football. So, mm-hmm. uh, shout out to uh, Aurora Red Diamonds. Yes, AFC champions. Mm, one, uh, one. I don't think the Al Halal are going to get that much sympathy from from this part of town. No, especially with their uh, especially with Western Messi. Sydney rivalries <laughs> down the years, and also Messi uh, being uh, touted as their uh, star signing in the future. All five hundred million euros or whatever it is, mm. the offer on the table. Mm. Mm. Yeah, does he yeah. go? I mean, does he, does he go? I mean, the money's hard to say no to, really, and. Yes, Messi's got plenty of money. I was going to say it's not. He's not short. Quid. He's not short. Of course not. But at the end of the day, he's got a, a great, great, great grandchild to look after. Okay, you're very, <laughs> being very presumptuous there. But let's not give it to that. <laughs> no, the point is like, how far? How many generations oh. of the Messi family have been set up? Yeah. Good luck. Is to the you. point? Yeah. yeah. Same with the Ronaldo family. Good luck to them, right? Yeah. Exactly. And. So. Obviously, he's earned all the money he gets, mm. but a lot of people are saying it's an ethical question as well, going to play in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, I understand but that. I don't really see that being a factor in his decision because he's already been the ambassador for Saudi Arabian football for a while now. That's true. I don't think that is a factor of play. It's just a case of whether... Look, I think Barcelona would be his priority if there's a way for him to go back there. He I think he would like there. to end his career at Barca. What about new old boys? Yeah. Right. It'd be well, nice to see. Yeah, I think that would be a good way to fish. I still have a sneaking suspicion he'll make his way to uh, MLS somehow. It's the one market that he that he you know that he can just really capture. Ronaldo's already got a following in the United States, but doesn't need to go over there to actually do anything. Whilst Messi, I think, could actually really uh, capitalize on that opportunity if he decides to you know to go there, especially with Miami. I mean, with you know his Hispanic speaking town, you know. Maybe he's got a bit of a negative word from uh, Higuain, who was there previously. Oh, I don't think so. I mean, look at who the owner is. <laughs> yeah, I know. And so, um, you know, the thing uh, is, though, for Messi, for mine, he's either going to go to a club he has an emotional connection to, mm-hmm. be it Barcelona or Newell's. Okay, or so hang on. Why go did to he go Saudi Arabia for the money. Why did he go to PSG then if he had no emotional connection with Paris? 
I think it's, he just wanted a bit of a training camp for two years to get himself ready for the World <laughs> Cup and uh, keep, keep his body still warm, so to speak. Fair enough. Fair enough. I think that <laughs> but, he's got he's got a high amount of respect for one David Beckham. So, you know, and, uh, you know, I think it would make sense. I think if one person could talk him around to it, it would be Beckham with his London accent. Maybe I'm it'll not, be MLS in two years' time. I'm not going to try an impression. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> no, Go on. <laughs> no, I couldn't do it. Couldn't do it if I wanted to. <laughs> but I did come across something that was very interesting this week. Go on. If I say the name Triple Seven Partners, who do you think of? Which clubs do you think of? Triple Seven Partners. Mm, venture capital. Venture capitalists. What clubs do I think of? Mm, they are part of, they are part owners of a A League club. I'll tell you that. I would not be guessing to be honest. Melbourne Victory. Oh, yes, that does ring a bell. Yes. So now that you say it, they've this week just bought into Hertha Berlin. Oh, really? Because. Mm. They already had a pretty wealthy owner who was putting money into the club, so some extra investment. Mm-hmm. So this multi-club business model, like mm. we've, you and I have argued about before, mm. which I'd like to actually get a lot of feedback from from the Backpeg listeners and downloaders. So please, thank you for your listenership, but please uh, feel free to tell us what you think of this multi-club ownership uh, model. Because City um, bought another club this week. Yes, they did. Which club was that? Uh, Bahia in Brazil. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do remember reading that. So I look forward to football in 40 years' time mm. where all clubs are owned by uh, one of five parties. And everyone pins their colours to a master of a a football contingent. I don't think that'll happen, but yes. But no. That's the way it's going. Stranger things have happened. But... um, Another thing that I um, saw come out with Bundesliga, you recall that La Liga actually sold a or raised some capital with regards to future selling of or selling future rights, right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Well, it turns out that the Bundesliga is going down a similar path to La Liga with regards to selling equity in the in the league, banking on um, you know raising revenue from broadcast rights to obviously provide the return, but um, yeah. Very found, dangerous game. I found this very interesting. That Very the, dangerous game yeah. they're playing, that if you're going to sell for a percentage of your broadcast rights for X amount of time in La Liga, what was it, 40, 50 years? I think it was 50 years. Very dangerous game because you're going to get a big influx of cash and if you're not super meticulous with where you put that money, what you invested into, very quickly money disappears in football mm-hmm. and Halfway through the deal, 25 years' time, mm-hmm. you're getting significantly less money through the door because you've already sold off a portion of it. And if you don't get it absolutely perfect, then you end up worse off. Mm-hmm. And Very I think you see a lot, of, a lot of administrators look at the gap between the Premier League and their league, whether it be La Liga or Bundesliga or one of the others. Yeah. And they say they need a, a cash injection to try and catch up. But as I say, if it's not perfect, come 20, 30 years' time, You've been blown out of the water even more and you're even further back. Yeah, I just found it interesting because the Bundesliga is somewhat held as a model of a way to run the to run the league because of the fact that the clubs, uh, that the supporter groups are so um, active and uh, own the majority in, in most of the Bundesliga clubs. So to see yeah, 50 this... Yeah, plus one. Yeah. So to see with this... With the exception of, um, was it, Leipzig... 
I was going to say Leipzig, but also um, Hoffenheim. Wolfsburg? No, I believe it's Hoffenheim. Hoffenheim. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I find this absolutely fascinating and to see how that's going to um, shift the dynamics of um, of the Bundesliga. Yeah. It's interesting to see what they do with that money if they indeed go through with that sort of sale and mm. pull one of the famous levers. Uh, Barcelona's freaking levers. <laughs> I think yep. I think Juan Laporte has been uh, pulling a lever anyway. Never mind. <laughs> I'll just uh, keep it at yes. that, will I? Yep. Yeah, just keep it at that, I think. What else you got, Lars? I'm going to play a guessing game with you. Oh, here we go. This will be fun. A potential new MLS franchise is on the cards. Ooh, a new MLS franchise on the cards. West Coast. So we've, already got, we've already got Seattle. We've already got Portland. We've already got San Jose. Mm-hmm. We got two teams in LA. Mm-hmm. So really, options would be either Vegas or Phoenix. Vegas or... is on the West Coast. Phoenix is on the yeah. West. Okay, it's in the West. Yeah, uh, I'll, Sacramento. I'll give you a clue. Right state. Mm-hmm. You speak computer game. Computer game. Carmen. San Diego. That's it. <laughs> oh, that's a throwback. San Diego. <laughs> I used to play Carmen San Diego back in the day. There you go. I knew you'd know it. Yep, on the old... Uh... So there you go. Yep. I won't say the old Commodore 64 because you're too young for that. <laughs> but there you also, go. Isn't, that, isn't that a car? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. But, um, yeah, it's amazing to see the growth in MLS, right? And if you, I know if you don't have Apple TV, you're not watching it, but, geez, it, it is worth watching. It, it's It's been pretty fun this season. Um, so far, so and we've got and, a New York derby on this weekend, yeah. And the coverage isn't too bad, actually, I have to say. <laughs> so, it, it's different, isn't it? This, yeah. uh, um, what is it, the 360 show? Mm. It's kind of like the Gold Rush, but not really mm. because they have games on games playing, Dif- yeah. But, um, they'll be doing things like interviews and and studio thoughts and punditry while some games are happening and they're like showing highlights in and out. Mm. It's a different way of doing it. Mm. Very much catered yeah. to the American audience. Correct. Correct. Yeah, I, th- I think they need to kind of come up with a different strategy with regards to that. But look, they're learning. And if you've got that part of me, that little of investment from someone like Apple, you're not going to knock it back, are you? Absolutely not. Mm. So, And there's another talking point with the MLS as well, because it's interesting that they're putting all the kickoff times yes. at at a similar time frame in the weekend. Mm, mm. So I can see both sides to it. I think the match-going fans would enjoy it, that yes. it's regularity, it's tradition. Yeah. You have the same kickoff time, about 7.30, I think it is, Yeah, for most games, local time. Local time, yeah. Where you go to the same pubs, yeah, meet great. up with the same people, mm. and you have the similar sort of time frame for things like transport and whatsoever. Um, but also, it'd be good for the viewing audience because you have all the games on at once. But for those match-going fans, you don't see the other games unless you go and find a, a highlights package or whatever. So Yeah, or watch it. I can uh, see both sides of it. Yeah, watch it back later. Mm. And so. very, very English football, that. Yeah, it is. Like having the, the Saturday 3 o'clock kickoffs. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it is. It is. Although, uh, and, you know, obviously they're normally subject to the blackout, those 3 o'clock uh, Saturday kickoffs, but... Um, Due to some event happening in the UK last weekend, uh, it was the first time that a Premier League game was televised at 3pm on Saturday. 
It was. They broke the blackout. They broke the blackout. Some, someone found the switch and put the lights on. Yeah. Jeez, they wouldn't have known what to do with themselves at 3 o'clock on a Saturday watching football on TV. <laughs> they normally have the games. It's so strange, isn't it? That It is. In this day and age. Pretty much everyone. Oh, yeah. And- in this day and age. And pretty much everyone, not a, you're not allowed to watch the games. And particularly if, say, it's a big team going away from home to a small ground. Mm. Legally, the only ones in the UK able to watch it are the couple thousand that go away. That's right. That's right. <laughs> it's just crazy. Say a club like Newcastle goes down to Bournemouth. Mm. The tens of thousands of people that would be at St. James Park and the hundreds of thousands that follow Newcastle watch the game, only maybe 3,000 of them yeah, <laughs> are right. legally allowed to watch it. Correct. It doesn't make any sense. Correct. So there was one more thing that caught my eye, Nathan, which is out there. Go on. UEFA launches a tech innovation in a, a mission, if I can put it that way, a tech innovation mission with the European Space Agency. Discuss. What? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> is, is this some sort of joke that like someone no, had a, 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 a shot that what, nope. sailed over the bar and it's nope. like a, a space mission to go and retrieve the football? No, I'm trying to find the synergies between the, the UEFA and the energy space, uh, the European Space space agency geez um but i can't at this th- at this stage but i'll be watching that space with re- with, uh, with intent to see exactly what this innovation mission and i like the terminology that they use a special technology launches a special technology innovation mission with the european space agency quote unquote strange one you wait for going there's in. a joke in there somewhere about telescopes and yeah. looking for something and yeah, but they can't get a bloody call on the sideline right at the Bernabeu that led to the De Bruyne goal, for goodness sakes. I was so pissed at that, honestly. I mean, the even ball... if they got the angle, the goal wouldn't have been ruled out. No, but the ball's out. The ball was out, but the only no, ones who... No, would've... no, 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 the ball's out. It's that simple. <laughs> There's no ifs or buts. You're definitely not salty about it. <laughs> no, just, just a touch. <laughs> just a touch. But, but really, it was, a, it was a hell of a goal. There was an angle. If was there was an angle on it that no. VR could rule on, VR wouldn't have rubbed the goal out because it was a new phase of the attack. It was a hell of a goal. Oh, yeah. Both were. Oh, jeez. Were they what? Yeah. Real, Unbelievable. What a hit Real Madrid's goal. It's wow. amazing. The first half, City dominate, and Real Madrid score a goal like that. Mm. Second half, Real Madrid dominate, and City score a goal like that. And I thought Real Madrid were all over. Thought there's going to be a second one here. And actually, yeah. almost got it right. Almost got it right. So it's definitely, you know, I'm definitely looking forward to the second legs next week. I mean, I fear that Real Madrid will go down, but geez, um, the quality. So do of, I. The, the <laughs> quality. Yeah, you should. The quality of football was brilliant, though. It, it was. Know, like that. Champions man, League semifinals are the best football around. Jeez. You won't see better club football than Champions League semifinals. Yeah. Yeah. So what caught your eye, Nathan? Um,. I've got a couple other things, a few small or, or things. What do you want to argue about? Is there anything that you want to argue about? Get fired mm. up about. Are Manchester City going to win the treble? Oh, why Why have you said that? Why have you asked me that question? <laughs> I do know something, though. I've just I've come across something that uh, I noticed that Oasis will do a comeback should Manchester City win the Champions League. Did Noel Gallagher say yes? Well, Liam's put it out there, so let's wait and see. what It's, you know, yeah. it's over to Noel Gallagher now. Liam's been calling for a comeback for years and years now. Uh, Noel's okay. the one with the problem. Well, then that won't happen. So forget <laughs> it. And Manchester <laughs> and the AAL two rank curse will still stay in place, and Real Madrid will be into the Champions League final. <laughs> ah, that got lifted. 
That got lifted oh, last did he, week. Did he remove the curse, did he? <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> so it's... Uh, the African witch doctors is just no longer, uh, you know, yeah, it's okay. It's done. And it's African witch doctor versus Real Madrid's Champions League let's, juju. Well, uh, <laughs> let's wait and see what happens there. Okay. So what do you want to argue about? Is there anything that you want to argue about today? Have you come in fight? You come in fight about something. I haven't really, to be honest with you. This is unlike you. To be honest to the backpackers as well. I mean, we can talk about Celtic. Okay, what about Celtic? And that they've lifted the trophy. Well, they haven't lifted the trophy, but they're going to lift the trophy again. Yep. And Ange is going to be barring a massive surprise in the Scottish FA Cup final in a couple of weeks. Mm Mm-hmm. Winning a domestic treble and five trophies in two seasons. Mm-hmm. Yes. And once again, all the stories come out that uh, he's been linked to, with all due respect, bigger clubs and bigger jobs. Okay. I saw what Kenny Dalglish said over the last 24 hours, and I found those comments spot on. Right now, is Celtic a small job? Depends on your definition of small, I suppose, but... Okay. Is it a small... But is it a small job? There's, there's renown there. There's a I, name well, recognition factor. The club is famous, right? Okay. It dominates the Scottish League. That's fine. Uh, but I don't think it's a small club. No, Celtic of course. a large club. Of course Celtic is not a small club. Of course not. And okay. they're well supported around the world. Yeah. And well supported in Scotland. Yeah. Well supported in Glasgow. Of course they are, as are Rangers. And that's why it's such a difficult job on that front because it Correct. is the ultimate demand for success and if mm-hmm. you don't get it you're out the door yeah so very similar to a bunch of other clubs on the continent as well correct where if you don't win you're out yep and, much. and, it, and it, deserves a lot of credit for walking into a place where there was no real well let's say there was a lot of skepticism surrounding the appointment at the time yes those in scotland yes who had no idea had no idea and now, now they have a pretty good idea. Mm. And full credit to Ange for going into that environment where all that was against him and he has come out the other side and everyone respects him and sees what he does and everything on that front. Full credit to Ange. Is it the hardest job in world football? No. I wouldn't say yes. No, I, I don't think it's the hardest job in football. But does he really need the hardest job in football? No, but I think he can. he would want to test himself at a higher level. That I agree because with you. Yes, the Champions League is the final front frontier for Celtic, and really across two seasons under range, they have underperformed in Europe, both the first season in the Conference League and this season in the Champions League group stage. And I'm sure Ange wants to put that right okay. the next season, which is why I don't see him leaving. Me too. In the next couple of months, I agree with you 100. Why would he want to go to a club down south? Well, there's been a lot of interest, no doubt, and his name is mentioned with every other job, right? That's aside outside of the top. Six, right? Uh, and Spurs, for those who are listening, Spurs is not part of that top six, right? <laughs> Let's just be clear about that. Okay. Um, so why would he want to go to any of those jobs there when he can further solidify his legacy and his renown at a club like Celtic? Because one thing's for sure, the way that Michael Bill's talking as well, right? Rangers are going to lift their game. During summer, they're going to attract players. He's done a very he's he's a very good manager, and that rivalry is going to, is about to heat up big time. There's no way the Rangers are going to take this lying down. But should this Celtic side 
And I think that they would go through and probably do another three-peat again, right, do the treble again next year mm. right? because they're only just going to improve from here. But I think that would help cement his legacy and then he can go to any other job he wants in Europe after that, right? Yeah. I can't see Ange being Celtic manager in 2025. No, me neither. I think it's three seasons and I think a successful three seasons and unless he really likes it in Glasgow and I'm sure it's a lovely place and I'd like, I'm, it's on my bucket list. I want to go there one day. Celtic Park, right? But um, And likewise, Ibrox, right? Um, but I think that um, that Celtic Park is just a special place. It really is. Something about it. And I think he actually wants to have get out of a group in the Champions League. I think that's what is what's driving him now. I think if Celtic managed to come third in the Champions League group next season, they can have a real run at Europa. I think he'll take that and too. If Rangers are making the final, not this season, last season. Correct. Then there's no excuse for why Celtic can't do it. I agree. It's just a case of having things go your way and things in matches and draws and all that caper. Sure. sure. Getting out of a group would be unbelievable for a club like Celtic and all the financial positives that come with that. Mm. And everything for Scottish football would be brilliant. So, yes, there's a lot to be done for Ange on the European front. And look, if they win another triple domestically next season, then I don't think uh, any Celtic fan is going to begrudge him for being of the mind frame of, okay, job done. On and, to the next. And a decent European campaign. Yeah. Mm. No, I agree. Because we saw how emotional Ange got at a full time on the weekend because he was doing TV for Sky. And yeah. we saw really, it's not often you get an emotional Ange in front of the cameras. Uh, not, I don't know about that. Mm. I, I just, look, okay, it might not happen. When, but what, we've seen it. We have seen it. And when it comes to the heart, media, he, he particularly in the sleeve. UK, he does like to keep a. Yes. A brave face on. Yeah. He wears his heart on his sleeve. Uh, and he's done a good job thus far to contain his emotions, right? Mm. Um, obviously, Australia, you know, and, and Greece uh, pull at his heart. But he's obviously found a home at Celtic and um, they've made him feel more than welcome. And those supporters will do anything for him. There will be, like, you know, he's brought them out of a situation which was not ideal. Rangers had, um, you know, uh, two seasons of success. Neil Lennon, they went back to Neil Lennon at Celtic and that didn't work. Um, Brendan Rodgers left him in the lurch, right? So, Which I can't see Ange doing, by the way. No, I don't I, see Ange leaving like mid-season. A, there's no way that he would leave them mid-season, right? Unless things went wrong, which is unlikely. Oh, yeah. he would. Maybe he gets pushed, but he wouldn't jump. No. So, um, and congratulations to him and full credit to him. And I'm so happy for him. It, it's just, It's just absolutely brilliant to see, right? And what's frustrating for me is that we've let someone like that who cares about the game, basically we've handed him out of Australia and he's got to fall in love with Australia again and that's going to take a long time before he comes back. And he's done enough of the game. He doesn't know Australia or anything for that matter, right? You know, I think time heals all wounds and mm. absence makes the heart grow fonder. Mm. Two sayings that are pretty appropriate for this scenario. I think when it is time for Ange to come back to our shores and... He's conquered everything he wanted to do in Europe, or Mate, you'll we'll go, go, if something goes wrong, then I think he'd be welcome back with open arms and it'll I, be reciprocal. I, I would hope so. I would hope that the football family actually do that. And I think they would, right? Um, it's the media that um, I worry about, right? And the fact is that um, 
you know, and it's not all media, it's just the general media that, you know, that I, I worry about. But, um, and hopefully the administration is somewhat of a footballing nature rather than X, like, or from external to football, which is what Ange faced, right? Uh, Ange, obviously, I reading between the lines, I thought he, he thought it was his obligation to actually serve football in Australia. And that's why he took on the national job. And, you know, he's probably right to a degree, right? And he felt if, if he feels that way, that's what he feels. And I think Arnie's picking up that mental piece in a sense. Mm. I think Arnie sees a job as more than just managing the national team of yeah, players. And he's more on an overt nature with Australian yeah. football. Yeah. Which is really something you get from an Australian managing the Australian national team. Mm. Yeah. I don't think you get that same sort of feeling when someone's coming here to manage the group i think um, uh yeah i think angie's going i think sorry I, I think angie's next job is going to be after clubland i'll tell you now uh the greeks would be silly not to get him on on board i mean they got gus poyer at the moment right is he there wow, gus, poyer, okay. gus poyer is the national he's been the um since the uh world cup campaign so the end of the world cup campaign gus poyer was appointed and um, they got promotion for the uh, Nations League. So they're out of Group C to Group or League C to League B in that. And um, and now the uh, Euro qualifiers, which is uh, going to be a tough ask. But yes, Gus Poyer is the manager, national team manager of Greece. Interesting after his uh, questionable stint as Sunderland manager. Mm. Good to see him uh, find his feet, so to speak. Yeah, to some degree. Little, there's some similarities there between Greece and South America, but yeah, anyway. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'd be cra- they'd be crazy not to go for for Ange. I wonder whether they could sway him. Mate, they would pull at the heartstrings. <laughs> they would. They yeah. would. They would. I could, if they were smart, right, uh, they, after Ange's um, stint with European clubs, I'll definitely get him on Definitely get try and get him on to that's for sure. I don't see that happening for maybe seven to ten years though. Uh yeah, it's probably about a decade away. Yeah. So a lot of things can happen between now and then. Mm. And yeah. We'll Ange see B. where Ange goes after yeah. Celtic, whether New, it is to a, a big club in England. It is. Whether Newcastle. it is to the continent. It's Newcastle. No, United. it's not going to be Newcastle United. Stop yeah, projecting. That's a big club <laughs> in England. And he'll be there after Eddie Howe takes on the England job. Oh, Eddie Howe to England. The timing works very well. Eddie Howe, Eddie Howe to England. Southgate finishes his time with England, right? At about the same time, Eddie's, Eddie Howe's contract will be up with Newcastle United. Poster Cogley would have had enough time at Celtic to prove himself, and or not prove himself, but actually had enough success and had a successful European campaign. Next step is a top six club in England. Which other top six club would suit him best? None. Newcastle United. Angel will be a Geordie. So do you see a point where Newcastle regress to the point where Eddie Howe, they're willing to let him go to England? No, it'll it'll just be Eddie Howe will live on his own terms. So why wouldn't he just stay at Newcastle? If you guys you are continuing listen. an upward trajectory at this, in, a, in a year's time, you I'd say cemented it. your place in the top four, maybe you've had a title challenge, maybe you've won a domestic cup. Why would he leave that to go to England? Why? Because he's from, from the South. And it's nothing personal. It's just that, hey, if he enjoys his time up there, fantastic, right? His family's up, moved up there now, all that kind of stuff. Fantastic, right? But if he, you know, if he gets 
a bit homesick. Decides that he wants this, you know, the southern part of England. Capital, you know, capitals there. St George's Park isn't that far. You know, all these things could come into play. They could, but also I'd say for Ange to move down from Scotland into England, it's got to be to a club who were in a bit of a state like Celtic were. So he gets a full run. And there's no real yeah. suggestion that oh things were so good under Eddie Howe, why they yeah. gone worse now. I don't think you get a scenario with Potter and Deservey. Okay. I think he would have to move to a club that have uh, progressed and are in a bit of a state in terms not, of the players and not necessarily. What about to take them over the edge? To take them over the line to actually get them to, you know, that final push to get say, a league title. So I think there's always a dip when Ange starts. There's always a little dip. Mm, As the players be. get used to things and Correct. the coaching staff come on board, because I don't think Ange will take his staff from Celtic down to Newcastle if he does go there, oh, because he didn't take any staff from Yokohama to Celtic. Well, Q will go. Maybe. Maybe Q wants to get back into management himself. Well, you know, he's Ange's assistant at the moment, so or one of Ange's assistants. So there's going to be a dip. And if someone like Ange is coming into a club where in your hypothetical scenario, Newcastle I, I, have been... I, I really should stir it here, but go on. <laughs> Newcastle are all hunky-dory and they're on the upswing and then Ange has come in. He's not going to get much of a, 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 a long leash okay. during this dip period. Do you see... Look, what I'm what I'm positioning here is, is that Newcastle would need another manager after Eddie Howe to take them over the line to actually pick up silverware. We, Newcastle might pick up a cup under Eddie Howe, right? An FA Cup, League Cup, no problem. A European Cup, perhaps, right? A Europa League or something like that. But, um, well, Champions League, you never know, right? <laughs> you never know. It's unlikely. Oh, it's unlikely because of the player resources that are required because you need two squads. Let's be real, right? You need two full squads. Uh, playing and you regularly. need a lot of luck. They're playing regularly. To a degree, yeah, look, like no doubt plays a degree, right? So, um, but at least Postacoglu has won silverware pretty much at every job that he's gotten, if you think about it. Every managerial job that he's had, he's won something. Did he win something in Melbourne Victory? Mm, except for that one. He wasn't there long enough. No, he wasn't. He the got national, uh, snapped the up by the national team, yes. Correct. And they won the Asian Cup. Yeah. So, okay. Pretty, uh, but let's say pretty close to every job. That pretty he's close, had. He's and yeah, he's got a high yeah, success rate as far as trophy winning is concerned. He does, of course, he does, and no one's questioning Anza's credentials. But I will question whether, say, Newcastle or Liverpool or whoever else in the top six would go for him. Whether league titles in Scotland or okay. Australia or Japan, where that really carries a lot of weight. I think what's more impressive is the culture shift that he's been yeah. able to achieve at Celtic. Correct. What he's done in the transfer market as well. Correct. Those would be more impressive than lifting some lifting some pots. And that would appeal to Newcastle United more so than Liverpool, more so than Manchester United, more so than Arsenal, more so than Manchester City, obviously. And um, yeah, yeah, that you know. So there you go. The things with uh, Ange, he also needs full control of the football yeah, and, side, and, that, and that's why he shouldn't go to Spurs. He can't look at England right now. He's got to he's got to stay away from there. But if I think know. so, I don't, I can't see him going to Spurs. I can't see him going to Manchester United. I can't see him going to Chelsea. Well, Potch even though he's been Potch, Potch is going to Chelsea. Yeah, but ha, Potch isn't going to be there this time next year. 
I know, I know. Well, Poch, he'll, he'll be at Chelsea this time next year. Do you think? Of course he That'll will. That'll buck be. the trend. Well, yeah, but it's a project. It's like Graham Potter was a project. <laughs> well, we heard Graham Bowley. Oh, Graham Bowley. We heard Todd Bowley <laughs> say it the other day. We heard Todd Bowley say it the other day. Like, what? Well, he's still figuring it out. That's right. You didn't believe me when I said it to you, but yes, there you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, it's got to be a club that Ange would have full control on mm. who he buys, who he sells, and look, Newcastle might be yeah. able to give that to him. You know what? It Some clubs su- won't. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if he ends up at a place like Bayern. Yeah, yeah, I see yeah. that. You know, um, I see him at Dortmund. Yeah, yeah, something like that, right? Although I think, I think. You'd be looking at a progression up, and I think Bayern would be a progression up than Dortmund. Are Dortmund not a progression up from Celtic? No. I mean, I'd have them on the par. second club in a top five league. I'd have them on par. Wow, I can't say I agree with you. No, I, you don't have to. But I'm, talking I'm not saying about, I'm, I'm, I'm not expecting I, I, you. I'm, to... talk, I'm talking about you know I, I would maybe they might just shade them a little, but I, I would actually think status. It's not just. It's not just where you finish on the table. It's about the status of your club. And Celtic is a winning club. Dortmund is not a winning club. Bayern Munich is a winning club. Dortmund tend to throw away titles at this time of the year, right? We're seeing one this season. Otmar Hitzfeld, <laughs> Otmar Hitzfeld was pro- Otmar Hitzfeld and Klopp. And I don't know, I can't remember. Tuchel, did Tuchel win a league at uh, Dortmund? I don't think no. he did, right? No. So... We're talking about Omar Hedgefield and maybe a couple of others, but and Klopp have won titles at Dortmund, right? So, you know, Dortmund now, since Klopp has left, so Tuchel t- took over, didn't win anything, right? They might have won a Pokal or, so a German Cup, but that's about it, right? So, you know, and I like Dortmund as a club. They've got a great pedigree. I mean, Ned, Z- Ned Zelic was at, uh, you know, at um at Borussia Dortmund, right? Fantastic, you know, quality. If I can say it that way, <laughs> or oh, individual brilliance is that the that's term the that one. Ned uses? Right. That's the one. Right. <laughs> Boom. Yeah, so that's what I was. Uh, I was trying to get that reaction out of you. The, the brilliance, yeah. you know. Yep. <laughs> so shout out to Ned and Lucy for that matter. But um, come on the pod. Yeah, that's right. But a hundred percent. Um, but yeah, it's um, yeah, it, it's just interesting to note that that it would have to be a club that is a winning club that has suffered a lull or you know is about to suffer a dip so that they he rides it out with them and then you know lifts them back up again. And obviously, pre season, he needs Ange obviously needs a pre season, yeah, and and then some, right. Because they tend to start off a bit slow when he first goes there, and then they uh, buy in and they know what they're doing. Well, that was it when he arrived at Celtic. They lost. He lost his first game at Tynecastle yeah. against yeah, Hearts. Correct. And everyone's thinking, "Oh, gee, what have we got ourselves into here?" Mm. And the talk was at the time, just wait until Christmas. It was a lot quicker than that at Celtic, and yeah. maybe you can point to the strength of the the bottom half of the teams, perhaps. But that's something that. Has been recurrent, apparent at all the Angers jobs that there is a dip to start and it's a long preseason and everything like that. So that's why I'm saying it. He needs to go to a club that's in a bit of a lull at the time. That there's an expectation here that all right, it was bad under our previous boss. 
will give you half a season to clear things out, sort mm. things out, and then go mm. from there. Yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, I think that, yeah, I, I just think that Ange needs his next move is going to have to be a big one. It's going to have to be a big one. It can't be a the likes of Fulham, and no disrespect to these clubs, right? But it can't be the likes of Nantes in France or, you know, um, like a Marseille might be a way to go, but I don't see him going to France, right? But, I mean, that's a big club, right? And they need to compete with PSG. I don't see him going to the likes of a PSG, personally. No, I don't think either. Maybe right. that's just me saying I wouldn't like to see him at PSG and I'm sort no, of hoping I, that doesn't eventually. I, I, I just don't think it's a fit for Ange. Right. So the thing is, he's got to go to a club that's and near ask, the top of their league because otherwise his football, if he's working with players who are not of the same level as, say, he goes to Fulham and they try and play Ange ball at Fulham, they get pulled work. apart by the likes of Arsenal and City and whoever else. Whilst I think an Arsenal would do well under Ange. I think so as well, yeah. That's scary. Yeah. That'd be so, a good fit as well, I think. Mm, not Spurs, but Arsenal. Not Spurs, <laughs> but Arsenal. <laughs> oh, dear. If you were ranking, say, the top six Premier League teams, Arsenal okay. would be near the top. For Newcastle range. would be near the top. For range? Yeah, for range in terms okay. of a, a stylistic fit. I would say Arsenal and Newcastle would be top two. doesn't matter which order. Um, and then I would go, oof, after that, I would go... Liverpool, surely. Liverpool. Man City, mm. and, and then Chelsea or United, United don't matter. Chelsea, but they're United. the bottom two. Yeah, yeah. Just I mean, really, a Chelsea the, a top six club now. They'll not, get it not right. this season. They will get it right eventually, but uh, I don't think they're a, they're a great club at the moment. Hey, they're, but not, they're in they're in the biggest city of the world. That's right, with the most depend- a great location with, with the very demanding supporters. Apparently, <laughs> you know, because they want to win. Uh, unlike the rest of the uh, football supporters in England, yeah, you don't no, see that much. No, you don't see not, that much. They're not as demanding. Mm. Yeah, and, it's and, just Chelsea fans that want to win. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, not Real Madrid fans, not Barcelona fans, not uh, you know Bayern Munich fans. No, ah, not Celtic fans. Anyway, dear oh dear. Yeah, mm. yeah. So, is there anything else you want to get fired up about? Um, all for it. Not really fired up, but I got. Uh... This one here, we we spoke about the Leeds players a couple of weeks ago. Yep. And uh, that video of them uh, ignoring those who went out to uh, get some autographs or pictures. Mm-hmm. I want to share, share a positive story. You probably will have seen it. Probably Interac- not. The interaction with uh, Declan Rice. Ah, oh, yes. And the, and the young supporter. How good was that, by the way? Brilliant. Yeah, that was good. Absolutely brilliant. The interaction that he has had with that... Young supporter gave me shirts and a little bit of a conversation. Yeah. Brilliant to see. That's what yeah. football should be doing when it comes yeah. to the public, and I, I particularly with you. younger younger supporters. And Declan Rice, top bloke. I agree with you. He's not worth 120 million, but no, I don't think so. But Jesus is a good player. Oh yeah, and I can't it, look. It'll be funny to see him outside of anything. Is I like a Mark Noble. It'll be funny to see him outside of West uh, West Ham shirt. Well, it's a Chelsea youth product. Yeah, but it, mate, it. it He's a West Ham player. He's West Ham through and through, that guy. You don't end up in the dressing rooms of the under-18s celebrating an under-18 FA Cup victory if you're not, if your heart's not there, right? So, 
which is another video I saw uh, this week, which is, yeah, good to see. Does Jose make a uh, European final? I think he does. Okay. I think he does. I think he gets the job done. Maybe yeah. not in the morning, but over the two legs. Yep. Mm-hmm. The Sydney FC, Melbourne City FC. No. No, I don't see that either. Does we need Bim- to talk about that. Does Bimby end up keeping the job? He does. Okay. I think he's done enough now. So, to quote a wrestling parlance, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> the Cove. What about them? Did we get any They're feedback back. from them? The back. Oh, well, aren't I surprised? <laughs> Let me guess, because it's back. at Allianz. <laughs> I had no idea. Well, you hadn't seen. Maybe we talked sense into them. <laughs> Maybe they listened well, to the back peg and they listened to, you know, they. Uh, I did tag him in the posts. Yep. So Maybe, maybe. But they put out a statement this week saying that they had another sit-down with the APL. Mm-hmm. And, and we've, we've had a change of heart. The APL have uh, supposedly agreed to uh, some more fan representation and some sort of consultancy yes. firm board, yeah, something of that nature. Mm-hmm. And the Cove said that uh, as long as that's installed, instilled, then we'll end our boycott and we'll be back in for this weekend. Awesome. Look, and um, great work by the guys at uh, the Born Offside podcast. They had Danny Townsend on last week for an episode, and that was a really good a lot of flack for it. Yeah, but that was a really good listen. And if any, you know, and I think uh, well done to Claude's, who's been on the pod, um, and uh, his team there, because they um, did a really good job, really good job. And full credit to Danny Townsend for getting on there. And, hey, look, hopefully we can get him on in the future uh, as well, right? But... Um, no, well, well done to Born Offside. Well done. Really good episode. Yeah, if, I, if I think a lot of people just see APL stroke Danny Townsend as, yes, you can disagree with some of the decisions he's made at the helm and maybe it's too Sydney-centric, but really just you see a lot of personal stuff when it comes to Danny Townsend online and there's no call for There's no need for that. And a lot of people just see Danny Townsend appearing on a podcast and then make their own conclusions before watching any bit of it whatsoever. Mm. So... Always difficult when there is public enemy number one, or at least Twitter number one enemy. And full credit to uh, the Born Offside guys for actually going through with it and producing a good show. Mm. And I think there's there's a lot can come out of it. No, I agree. Agree. So should we go to our leagues that we're covering? Oh, we can. We can. I noticed but a couple that... other things. Couple oh, other okay. Things, Let's actually. go for it. Go for it. Small things. Small things. Small things. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if there's Did you see... tiny, tiny or large. Let's go. Did you see what happened in the championship, the final round? Yes. Millwall. Gone. The biggest bottle job you'll ever see. Yep, and then out to the pub two days later. <laughs> 3-1 up at half time against Blackburn, who hadn't won in a whole host of games. Playoff spot there for the taking. And, and just they threw it away. Threw it away, and guess which bloody team ends up in that spot. <laughs> it has to be. Sunderland. <laughs> Who I'd love again? to see him come up. Who are they again? No. I'd love to see him come up. I look, um, yeah, look, it would be good. I think the Northeast needs a derby. Although I think Middlesbrough are probably uh, stronger of the two, to be fair. I think Middlesbrough are, are a better side than Sunderland, from what I've seen. But part of me would actually like to see Luton Town without Nathan Jones actually in the Premier League. <laughs> I want to see that stadium in the Premier League, yeah. He can go back to, you know, measuring his expected goals and <laughs> um, uh, his Welsh well, it, ladies and, yeah. Yeah, expected threats and um, all that sort of 
analytic stuff that he goes into as well as the Walsh women. Um, yeah, I think out of Luton, Borough, Sunderland, and Coventry, mm. I don't think there's a bad option out of those four. Just the way I look at it, there's not a team there that I really oh geez them again. Like people nah, say in Norwich, I, I want Luton so that you know Klopp can rock up to Kenilworth Road and go, "What the fuck? Why are we playing in this pitch? This is, where, where's Luton? Yep, I need it on my the... map. <laughs> <laughs> where the fuck is Luton? <laughs> uh, you know. He puts it in the GPS and he's like, just in the the side street. And it's just suburban houses. I can't Same, just here. around the corner. I can't go here. <laughs> anyway amazing so then, amazing yeah. then you got yeah. the small stadium derby and uh, Luton and Bournemouth yeah 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 the small stadium derby don't worry <laughs> there'll be other teams that in, in the years throughout the years that'll come up as well which will be smaller mm. you know it's bound to happen so in yep. terms of grounds so yeah but um, yeah which team do you think is going to go through you know put them on the line and call it Look, Borough the best team in the playoffs. I think that too. I think Borough go through. I think Borough would do the best job next season in the Premier League out of the four sides. I think Luton, yes, they they finished third. Yes, they deserved it. They were chasing down Sheffield United for second, but I could only see them getting relegated straight away. Yeah, um, I agree. It'd be you. great for them long term to get that Premier League money, the parachute payments that can go towards finally them building a new stadium. That's not going to happen. It's like getting QPR to build a new stadium. Loftus Road, that's yeah. not going to happen. I mean, I've seen the plans for this new stadium for Luton. Mm. It's, yeah, there's plans after plans after blueprints. One day, maybe. Fair enough. But really, it's not often the best team that finishes third or sixth in the regular season ends up getting promoted. No, that's true. That's true. Because for the likes of Coventry or Sunderland, it's a free hit. We forgot to um, mention Central Coast Adelaide. Oh, we did. We've stopped our uh, our A League talk there just for a minute, but I'll slot I mean, it in. Slot it in now. Ninkovich as well in the Sydney oh. dressing rooms, right? Uh, there is a A League um, access, all access, I think, with that on there. Uh, that's just about to drop, so I'm going to try and see if I can catch up with that over the weekend. So, but Central Coast Adelaide. So we should mention that the next two weeks uh, are. Um, Home and away. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We have uh, Sydney against City on Friday. Mm. And then... Which we it? mentioned already. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then specifically on Friday. And, yeah. and then Adelaide against the Mariners down Adelaide this weekend on Saturday night. Mm. How do you think they're going to play out? I'll put City through. Same. And I think I'll put Adelaide through. Mm. I'm going to go... Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go Mariners. I mean, I said I, I said Wellington to go through last week. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go Mariners and Melbourne City. I think they'll be your grand finalists when at the end of the two legs. And, and there'll be it. more Mariners supporters at Parramatta than there will be Melbourne City supporters. Correct. Well, do Melbourne City have any supporters? <laughs> <laughs> Not many. Not many. Great. Now I've pissed off the Melbourne City supporters. Yeah. And... That's all right. And in turn, Manchester City supporters. <laughs> Yep, because, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't like bringing up crowd attendances and all this sort of thing. I think it's negative. It can be construed into being negative for the sake of it, but really, the crowds in Melbourne City get at the moment when they're winning games and winning trophies and winning the premiership three years in a row 
I'd hate to see what that looks like if they get a spoon one year. Yeah, they should be getting uh, more numbers. There's no doubt about it. But yeah, look, maybe there's a lot of resentment against the um, A League teams, as we've been saying before, because of the fact that people feel it's somewhat artificial, right? And, yeah, and yeah. I think if you go up in Melbourne and you want to support an A League team, why would you support City over Victory? Yeah, yeah. The city don't have an identity. No, well, they do. Do they? Uh, it's just not Melbourne Victory. It's just not Melbourne Victory. Their identity. That's not an identity. <laughs> their, their their identity is uh, we're part of the City Football Group. Right. That's their identity. Maybe they should just call themselves City Football Group of Melbourne, and that's it. I don't know. <laughs> DFG Melbourne. There you go. And speaking of the City Football Group, Nathan. Mm-hmm. New York City Football Club, or NYCFC, part of the City Group, have released their first renderings of their proposed 25,000-seat stadium in the borough of Queens. Oh, have they? I haven't seen this. Yeah. Just, it's just been released, actually. Oh, wow. So, and if you get to the stadiumbusiness.com and have a look at it, it looks fantastic. Unreal. Absolutely unreal. So, and I dare say that it'd be on their website as well. But yeah, um, absolutely awesome. Oh, wow. Yeah, I've got it up in front of me now. So that's a brilliant looking stadium. And back, backpackers, get to the stadiumbusiness.com and uh, just click, let's see if you can find the NYCFC unveiling their first renderings of their specific stadium, which is just, <laughs> they're doing, they're in the United States at the moment, these football-specific stadiums or soccer-specific stadiums are just unreal. They're just doing an amazing job, you know. So, and, you know, the uh, development around Queens there will uh, look really good. So, just I've go. got here in front of me an aerial shot of the precinct, mm. which looks amazing. And, yeah, there's an athletic article out about it as well. Awesome. And, yeah, brilliant-looking stadium. Um, hopefully we can get some more down here. It'd be, yeah. it'd be great when Western United gets built. That's right. We need more. We need That's more. right. No, indeed. Indeed. So there was one more thing that you wanted to bring up, if I recall yeah. correctly. I want to ask you about uh, Jason Tindall back on Newcastle chat. Okay. Yeah. Because uh, this guy has mm. uh, a bit of a bit of a complex, I think. In what way? In the, the amount of times that I see Jason Tindall on the sideline next yeah. to Eddie Howe or... Yes. Chatting with the fourth official or yes. going to shake hands with the opposition manager at the end of the game. Yes. What's the go? Does he think he's a manager or something? Well, he's the assistant manager. But you don't see any other assistant manager to the same level of front and centre and camera time hey, listen, as much as him. Why does it bother you? <laughs> it's just Eddie Howe's meant to be the main man. And he's allowed to take counsel from his assistant manager. No, but it seems like Jason Tinder wants a limelight. Okay, well... I'm sure that they have a wonderful working relationship, as is evidenced by our position on the ladder, right? So I'm not too worried about it. And if that's your biggest concern, well, seriously, I don't know what to say to you. Because well, I've like come him? across this Twitter account this week. Okay, right. Here we go. This is the reason, right? Yes, go on. <laughs> and funnily, it's entitled, Jason Tyndall desperate to be the centre of attention. <laughs> <laughs> the poor bastard. Hey, leave him alone. He's doing a great job, right? It's is a it collection a, of photos and is it a great little club? gifts. Is that a great club? <laughs> right? Is it, you know, is a handsome rooster? Right? That's okay. <laughs> I, I implore all the backpackers to go and check it out. 
Uh, it's not my account. I'll yeah, say that. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. after a couple of tweets, it, it, it's a it, it's pretty funny. Mate, you have too much time on your hands doing social media. <laughs> 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 Going down rabbit holes. Although I must admit, right? I must admit, I think uh, for a, a couple of hours, or yeah, maybe an hour uh, on Monday night or Tuesday night. I no Monday night would have been. Uh, I did um, succumb to looking at coronation memes. Yep. Go yeah. on. No, no, no. There's nothing. Did, you, did you share some on the Insta? No, no. There was nothing football related, but I, I would have liked to have found a football related one for it. But yes, you know, there were some funny ones, but yeah. Um, but if you want to go down black holes like that, mm. you know. Yep. <laughs> well, you know, you, you, there are plenty of football managers that you can go do uh, memes with, but yes. Absolutely. So, so Absolutely. what's that? So what's that page now that you you may as well give it a plug because you've already taken the piss out of Newcastle's assistant manager, which I can't believe you've got the audacity. <laughs> what's the name of Manchester United's one? Oh, that's right. You don't know because he doesn't stand next to Eric Ten Hag because he's not seeking his counsel. Right? He, he's happily maybe, there in the background. Maybe he should seek his counsel, especially <laughs> after last weekend. I mean, we, you know. Hey, yeah, we lost two. Yeah, right? you guys Newcastle lost two, but that's you know we comfortably lost to, beat. At, at least we lost to Arsenal. It wasn't comfortable, <laughs> I can tell you. But yes, hey, West Ham didn't beat us to higher, dude. Oh, sing <laughs> like yeah, <laughs> you know, sing me a sob story. If we were a video <laughs> pod, if we were a vi- if we had a video recording, I'd be playing the world's smallest violin because I feel that kind of empathy, you know, and pity for Manchester United. No. I am disappointed we didn't win because we'd uh, be back above you down the table. Mm. Well, you're back, mm. back below us where you belong. Where you belong. <laughs> I love it. I would absolutely love it. <laughs> quite one came as Kevin Keegan. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Mm. So what are you looking forward to this weekend? I'm looking forward to the A-League Finals Week 2, as we Same. mentioned. Same. Looking forward to the New York Derby. Mm-hmm. I'm looking um, forward to the Catalan Derby. Yeah. There's a lot think, riding on that. Uh, and there is Bar- a lot riding on that. And Barcelona supporters have been banned from the stadium. Have they? Yes. In um, As a form of retribution, because the Espanol supporters weren't allowed at the Camp Nou this, uh, earlier this season. And what was the rationale behind that? They didn't want people wearing blue and white after. So do you recall what happened last season with Eintracht Frankfurt and Barcelona with regards to the tickets? I do. I do. Yeah. Yeah, well, Barcelona have gone to great lengths to ensure that that doesn't happen again. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Yeah, so... But it's a big weekend for Barcelona because... But Laporta was... Hang on, sorry. Laporta was president there as well at that time that that happened. Yep. I guess that was Real Madrid's fault as well. Yeah, probably. Yeah, Real Madrid had something to do with it, didn't they? Mm. Something about the referees as well, you know. No, seriously, that guy. Yeah, just yeah. you know, grinds my gears. Because Barcelona, really... one win away from the title. Mm. Espanyol, they're deep in the relegation battle. They yeah. need to win, otherwise they might get cut adrift. They need to win. So, but, yeah. yeah. Well, look, the, the, league, on that game. the league's done, right? But hopefully Espanyol can survive, especially for our, our good old mate Jason Callum. Uh, it'd be good to uh, have uh, Espanyol survive. Absolutely. Mm. I'm also looking forward to, as I've been saying, the first round of the EFL playoffs. Yes, this weekend. The, this weekend, yeah. Also, the playoff final for the National League, Chesterfield against Notts County. Did you see what happened in Notts County's game against Boreham Wood? No, I didn't. I didn't they were 2-0 down at halftime, Notts County. 
Right. A team that was pushing Wrexham yes. to the title, finished with over 100 points themselves. Correct. 2 0 down against Boreham Wood at half time. They got a 90th minute equaliser. Wow. To send it to extra time. And then a 120th minute winner. Wow. To go to a playoff final. Absolutely nuts. Lots County are just going to do it the hard way by the look of things. Crazy that you get over 100 points and you're seconds away from not going up. Oof. Crazy. Yeah. And, and, they've still, yeah, and, they've they've, still, and they've still got a game to play. They do. They have to take on Chesterfield in the final and we'll see what happens. Maybe the right team will go up and look, there's no right team, wrong team, so to speak. But let's be honest, not scanning to serve to get promotion. Uh, I think they do. Yeah. But you've got to be there on the day. Yeah. And anything can happen. Very uh, true. Very true. Last, last thing for me to bring up is the Women's FA Cup final, which is on this weekend. Yes. Chelsea Man United. Yeah, I think it might be the only silverware that the Man U women's uh, team could potentially win. Oh, I mean, they're right there in the title Look, race. They are, they are, they are. I just think, I don't know, I just think Chelsea are just going to scoop it up at the end. They're, they're looking in fine kettle now, mm. Chelsea. Very, very much so. Well, they went 7-0 the other day. Yeah, I think that's right, yeah. And they put five or six past another team. They're, they look they're okay. looking back to their best. Yeah, and but, if they win their games at hands, they go two points ahead of United, top of the table. That's if right. Got that right. Yeah, I think you do. So there's still three weeks left. Anything can happen, and um, this crazy WSL title race. Yes, it's no longer four teams vying for it, but it's still going down to the wire. And mm. maybe there'll be something to take away from this FA Cup final for the title in the WSL, whichever yeah. way it goes. Very true. Very true. Is there anything else you're looking forward to, Les? No, I said, oh, look, Leeds, Newcastle United. Um, I think that'll be a fascinating game. Big Sam, uh, Samuel Aladici's uh, home managerial <laughs> debate, debut at Leeds against uh, Eduardo Howe, right? <laughs> Eduardo. <laughs> I haven't come up with a uh, foreign-sounding name for Howe, but, uh, yeah. Mm, I could maybe go, go German. Eduardo Howio or Howie, Eduardo Howie. Yeah, right. we go Germany. Oh, go Hoover, Hoover. Eduard, <laughs> yeah. Eduard Hoover, right? <laughs> so yes, um, so that's um, that's going to be uh, fascinating. Early kickoff as well on Saturday, right? So FC Tokyo are taking on Kawasaki Frontale <laughs> this weekend. <laughs> hey, funny how things work, isn't it, Lance? Yes, it is. It is funny. <laughs> it is funny. We uh, picked teams last week. Yes. FC, FC Tokyo, if I remember, your third choice. Correct. Well, not necessarily third choice. I was just, uh, listen, I was just sounding <laughs> it out, right, with yourself and the back peg listeners. So don't just, you know, just don't be like that. <laughs> I mean. I was taking people through they my They lost warped, last weekend. Yeah. I was taking people through my warped uh, thinking process, but that's it. <laughs> just a slight glimpse into the madness. Mm. But yes. uh, I don't think many of the back peggers want to go back there. No, I don't blame them, actually. But that's okay. <laughs> I'm happy with that. I send them my love. FC Tokyo pre- lost last weekend. Yes, they did. And how? <laughs> it wasn't a good start. <laughs> it was not a very good start at all. Of the 30 seconds? <laughs> Something like that. Something like that. Oh, uh, and and yeah. uh, FC Seoul had a bad start for you as well. It was a similar vein, wasn't it? Yep. <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Don't tell uh, me you picked two more duds. No, nah, probably. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Look, these things ebb and flow. They ebb and flow. What do you do? Swings and roundabouts, yeah. huh? Correct. 100%. 100%. So, yeah. Um, but 
Uh, we'll see how it plays out. So, yeah. um, Kawasaki had a one 0 win against uh, Sagantosu. There you go. Oh, you know what? Yeah. Hang on, just quickly. One thing mm-hmm. that is that I am looking forward to, and I know we've spoken about Ange a lot in this episode. Old firm's on this weekend. Yeah, <laughs> again. Uh, I haven't heard. Are Rangers going to give him a guard of honor? Oh, at Ibrox, they should. It's over. I can't say I'm agreeing to it. It's over. The titles, uh, you know, the titles, the Celtics, they should by rights be doing that. I can't say it. The guard of honour should be done at Ibrox. <laughs> you just want to set a cat amongst the pigeons and just let the cat just go wild. Yep, and absolutely. I, and I don't blame you, my friend. I don't blame you. That's a great call. That's a great call. Poll, should the, I'm going to put that as a poll. We haven't done a poll for a while. Yep. Should Rangers... Do a guard of honor for Celtic. Yes. <laughs> I'll I'll kick off the vote. Yes. Yep. I say yes as well. There you go. <laughs> they should. Yeah, let's just get the popcorn and just watch. Yep. <laughs> so yeah. And no. that might be the uh, most interesting thing about the game because it is a bit of a, a dead rubber or as much mm. of a dead rubber as you're gonna get for an old firm. Very true, very true. Uh, very uh heading true. heading back overseas, Lars. Yes, so let's go back to our leagues. I mean, yeah, yeah, we've got yes. we, there's a bit to cover off, but not a lot. Well, we got four teams now and four leagues. Yeah, thankfully, only three this week because mm-hmm. Vietnam still off. Still lazy bastards. No, that's not true. We covered why <laughs> on the previous episode. Why <laughs> the Southeast, Southeast Asian, Asian games? games. Yes. Yep. So there you go. All right, uh, they're back next week. I think mm, that's right. Yes, the uh, next and weekend. If I remember right, it's your mob against my mob. Yes, that sounds about right. Uh, we'll save that for next week. Yep, indeed. Indeed. So, heading a little bit further northeast up to Korea. So, we're going to go to Korea first. Yeah, let's go Korea first. So, we go to the K League. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's just bring this up. So, well, my Poang Steelers, we lost 2 1 to Jeju United. And uh, also, since we last recorded, we had a one or draw against Daegu. Mm hmm. Yes, indeed. So one point out of six. Not, that's not okay. the best. That's all right. That's okay. No, that's fine, though. FC I think I saw Alex Grant. Alex Grant got on the score sheet. Yes. Yes, I it's believe so. See. FC and, uh, Seoul. Next had, up, yeah. sorry, ne- sorry, next up no. for uh, Poeng Steelers is uh, Dejon Citizen, who are third in the table at the moment. So mm-hmm. tough test. Mm. Seems that way. Whilst I was going to say that uh, FC Seoul have won back a couple of days ago. So Very they uh, got up 3-1. And um, to just um, for the sake of everyone that did follow us, uh, FC Seoul didn't get off to a very good start last Friday, but uh, the first minute they were down one, one nil, but they did come <laughs> back to um, to equalize. So and the game did finish one all. So um, yeah, so FC Seoul sitting pretty in second place on twenty three points, whilst your Pohang Steelers are in fourth on twenty points and. I dare say that um, there's some interesting matches on uh, this weekend. Like you said, that Poem Steelers are uh, up against Dejon, Dejon Citizen. I wonder if that Citizen watches. Who knows? Um, Maybe. Whilst Ulsan Hyundai are up against FC Seoul on the 15th of May at uh, 3.30. And uh, I dare say that um, some of these games will be on Optus Sport. So It's a shame that- they're not showing every match. Yeah, well, obviously that must be the broadcasters. I'm guessing the host broadcasters. Yeah. So, you know, 
but um, so you can watch the K League and the J League on Optus Sport, who aren't a sponsor, but hopefully one day they'll um, they'll bite the bullet. <laughs> we say this every week. You never know. <laughs> well, look, hey, we you know we live in hope. Why not? Yep. Right. So um, yeah, whilst uh, if we duck across the peninsula to the J League, what have we got? What have we got? So we've got Kawasaki Frontale. Uh, in sixth place on 18 points, whilst um, FC Tokyo have slipped to 11th on 15 points. Mm-hmm. And um, like we mentioned before, briefly, that um, that FC Tokyo lost 5-1. <laughs> I'm saying that very quickly, they lost 5-1. No. Yeah, so, uh, not a great start for your boys. <laughs> no, Consadol <laughs> Sapporo defeated uh, FC Tokyo 5-1, whilst... Your mob, just, uh, yeah, we had a one nil win. One nil win. On, I was yeah, watching that game last Sunday. It was on, pissing down on Optus Sport. Yes, I saw some high. I saw the highlights. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it, it did. <laughs> it was raining cats and dogs. <laughs> oh, it was monsoon season. Yes. Clearly, so that's right. <laughs> so whilst uh, tomorrow, eight thirty p.m. Sydney time, FC Tokyo versus Kawasaki Frontale. So I'll back Perk Derby there. So yep. we'll see what happens there. That didn't take long to come around. Ah, there you go. So let's uh, travel south of the equator and in a eastern eastern uh, direction, easterly direction. Can they catch a flight from Tokyo to well, Bogota? I guess. I guess <laughs> we're about <laughs> to find out. <laughs> oh well, well, I'm not going to look it up now. But yeah, well, yeah, that's an interesting question. I suspect that there would be. I'm on it. The Chile, <laughs> you know. Maybe from um, yeah, from Japan to uh, to Chile. So there you go. Um, all right. So we had where are we? America de Cali played on Tuesday morning away to Atlético Huila, and America de Cali were two nil victors. Very good. Whilst Very Depo- good. Deportivo Cali had uh, entertained Envigado at home, and Deportivo Cali took out the victory two nil. So there you have it, as far as that's concerned. And fixtures coming up for them this weekend in Colombia. Go like this. CD Jaguares against Deportivo Cali on Saturday morning Sydney time at 9.05. And I am trying to find... America, we American, play... Uh, yeah, America de Caldas. Cali. Yeah. Once Caldas, uh, and that's on Monday morning. Yeah, and they're coming dead last in the table at the moment. That's right. So should be a big score. But we'll there see. There you go. There you go. I'm back, by the way. I looked up. And? Flights from Tokyo to Bogota. Yes. <laughs> and uh, no direct flight. You have to go through Mexico. Okay. So there you go. And it takes 26 hours. Oof. Rough. <laughs> yeah. Rough. Rough. There you go. Not great, that. Not great. <laughs> Not great at all. Thankfully, it doesn't take us 26 hours to go from Tokyo to Bogota or to Cali well, even. Mate, I would not be going via Tokyo, I can tell you that. <laughs> Just quietly. We did in about 30 seconds. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So there you go. So, Nathan, I think we've hit the back peg tonight. I think we have. I think we have. Laz, has been a good show. Yeah. Thanks to all the back peggers for listening and to everyone who listens. Downloads, shares, subscribes, likes. Can't thank you guys enough. Please feel free to interact with us uh, on Instagram at the Back Peg and Twitter 
at the back peg. And if you, you know, and ourselves at Lazarus Cross and that Nathan Jay Gould. That's me. Yeah. And hey, yeah, we're just appreciative of you guys uh, uh, choosing to spend your uh, your time with us and listening to our silliness. So <laughs> <laughs> hopefully we've entertained and informed and, uh, you know, thought provoked as well. But um, yeah. big period coming up now as well with uh, the end of uh, the football season in Europe. But we'll be here with the Women's World Cup previews. Football doesn't stop. It doesn't stop for the wicked. So there you go. So and neither no will the backpack. Then, well, yeah, at this stage, the only, there's only one way they're going to stop us, and that's cutting us out. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, as Les says, thank you all the backpackers for lending us your ears for the past hour, hour and a half, however long this comes out. Thank you as well, once again, to uh, Val Miliacho yes. for joining yeah. the pod. Yeah, that no, was really good um, to, get, to get Val on. And we'll speak to you guys next week. Take, Take care. care, all.